You're listening to Wings All Access right here on NLL.com. to another episode of Wings All Access here on NLL Radio. Big thank you to those of you subscribing on iTunes or listening on Stitcher Radio. Hi, everybody. I'm Dave Walls, play-by-play man for the Philadelphia Wings. And wait a minute. Who, who is that on the other side of the board? Is that – who is that stranger? Is hey, that John, hey, Dave Walls. John Barcher, my producer. Where have you been, man? Well, you know, I've just been uh, hiding, working hard, obviously trying to get uh, – you know some good things running here, but you know the the job, the uh, the life thing, the all that kind of gets cluttered in the way. But I'm glad to be here today, and uh, I've, just like Dave Wall said, uh, all those lovely outlets where you can hear the show. But a special shout out to the Creepy Man with a tin can and a string right outside my window, listening into us live right now. It's a very real experience for him. John Barcher being spied on by the NSA. I love it. You know what? You and me have been like ships in the night this season. We're passing through. We've been trying to do this. We've actually recorded one or two shows, you and me together. But, you know, we're like you said, you've got a new job. I'm actually living a little bit further away from Philadelphia. So it's been uh, it's been a little bit more complicated this season. But, hey, we're all, the gang is all here. We're all back together. And I'm a year older. And John reminded me of that at the yeah. game. And I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Well, while I'm waiting for the AARP card to arrive, I've got a lot to talk about. Your wings come out and they just absolutely demolish the Vancouver Stealth by a final score of 15 to 9 in a game that, John, I don't think ever really felt like it was close. We've got a lot to talk about on this week's score sheet. Let's go ahead and take a look at this because, like we were just saying, John, I don't think there was ever a moment. Now, the thing, the wings, that is, really led from front to back. Vancouver never tied or led this game, but. I never felt like Philadelphia took their foot off the accelerator. What did you think? No, absolutely not. And that's why I made it my lock of the week last week when we were doing Cheez-Its, which is one of our favorite parts at the end of the show. But, I mean, this is – this you knew this coming in. Vancouver already had a pretty busy weekend uh, playing with uh, Toronto first. Uh, and I just – you just had that feeling that this game could be so dominant and so crushing by the Philadelphia Wings faithful. And it turned out – that it was. It didn't go uh, get going early, but uh, yeah, five minutes in, Chad Weedmeyer puts it in off a beautiful loose ball. Uh, I can't exactly uh, remember what happened. Dave had a better me- uh, memory of it than I did, but uh, it, basically a loose ball on a break ended up being a breakaway. Chad Weedmeyer gets it one to nothing. 508 in the first yeah Weedmeyer gets the loose ball turns on the Jets and oh I, I said I was going to look this up during the game I believe that's Chad's first ever NLL goal as yeah it was he only he didn't have any points last season and only had one assist coming in so you not only start off the scoring with with a defenseman but you started off with someone who's never put the ball in the, the net in the NLL so congrats to Chad but John that's not the story of the first quarter no. the story oh my goodness is the breaking out party and uh, shall I say a little bit of revenge dished up cold by number 91, Kyle Buchanan. John, walk me through his performance in the first quarter. Uh, it's easy. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he scores one at 713. Justin Salt uh, returns the favor just a little bit later at 805. Then Kyle rattles off two more at 1117. And just one minute before the quarter ends, 
Uh, Pat Saunders in the game. We'll talk a little bit more about him as he's one of our special guests coming up on the assist on that, along with Jordan Hall, who's still staying hot and getting a lot of attention. And he did get a lot of attention in this game. It's one of the things I noticed, but he did put a lot of assists up on the score sheet in this one. Kyle Buchanan is having a great start to this season. I have no idea why Vancouver shipped him away, but uh, we are proud of the acquisition and I think this was a case of maybe they just kind of gave up on him a little too fast or it didn't fit what they wanted to carry on. But whatever it is, it, I, maybe he's drinking some great different great colored Kool-Aid, which, you know, <laughs> is, is great, too. Uh, but Kyle Buchanan has been outstanding. Dave, what do you make of his explosion? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first thing I'll say this, John, uh, Kyle Buchanan, I think, just got lost in the shuffle with Vancouver. They drafted him in the sixth round coming into last year's uh, entry draft. And so sixth round pick, for those of you who don't watch the NLL entry draft, the sixth round was only nine teams in the league. Really, the the teams really, uh, by the time they get to the fifth and sixth rounds, you know, you're kind of doing picks where, you know, sometimes you're, you're you're picking your best friend's son just so you can say he was drafted in the draft. You know, Rochester. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Rochester, even in the sixth round, the owner's son was in the draft and they drafted him in the sixth round. So generally, when you get drafted that low, you're not really expected to make an impact in the NLL. Now, Kyle Buchanan certainly has the goods. He's someone who slipped down for whatever reason. And because Vancouver is pretty stacked offensively, I mean, you've got Reese Dutch, you've got Lewis Rackley, You've got uh, quite a few other pieces there. And then also coming in this year, they have the rookies and Digby coming in. And so you've already got a couple big guns. And, of course, remember last year, they also had Ethan Iannucci. So there was not a lot of room on that offensive uh, on that offensive roster for a player like Kyle Buchanan to flourish. And, I mean, he only played in nine games last year. Did get 22 points, four goals and 18 assists. But, really, when you've got all those big pieces, you're not going to get the playing time you need in order to be able to excel. We're fortunate that Vancouver uh, cut him, basically. We signed him up, picked him up as a free agent, and he just did damage. In fact, he even mentioned in the postgame, John, how he had the state circled on his calendar, and he was (laughs) sitting by salivating, waiting for it, and boy, did he really explode in this one. Gets not only the first quarter hat trick, goes off for four goals in the first half and sets the pace for Philadelphia. Yeah, and it's too bad that Vancouver couldn't use any of those uh, guys to play defense, because they definitely needed some help there uh, throughout this entire game. Now, second quarter, we get into it, right, Dave? And just like everybody other, you know, Wings fan has that feeling of like, okay, here comes the second quarter dip. And it happened pretty early. Cliff Smith, Brett Hickey go off almost back to back about a couple of, a few seconds apart from one another and makes it four to three. I think you even announced uh, during the game is just like, well, this is the thing that, you know, uh, Wings fans always look forward to is that weird second quarter collapsed. It's like um, I was announcing, here comes the pain. <laughs> you know, just you know, brace yourself. It's coming. But I will say this. This Philadelphia team was hitting harder on defense than I think I've ever seen uh, so far this season. I want to give a big shout-out to number 37, Eric Hoffman, the Hoff, back in the lineup. You Wings fans are going to remember two years ago, he had a crushing knee injury, and he went down and has been out ever since. He was finally able to make the team this year after doing a lot of rehab and getting back to 100%. He was able to make the team onto the practice squad. He uh, finally gets on the field for this game, and you know there were a couple of hits, especially in the second quarter. John, you look at the at the score sheet at the end of the night, the only thing he's got is one forced turnover, but that does not tell the story. Eric Hoffman is out there, and knocking bodies to the floor setting the tone 
for the Philadelphia Wings and the people around him picked up on that. They said, this is the type of game it's going to be. We see the way Hoffman's playing and they came out and they turned their game up as well. That's what an experienced player like Eric Hoffman brings to this Wings defense. And that, I tell you what, I'm not going to say Vancouver quit in this game. I think they were pummeled into submission and it was players like Hoffman who did it. It was really good to see. Well, well I, mean, I mean, like, like you know, yeah, I think you're right, but I, de- I definitely think they quit after this run right here as we continue through the score sheet here. It goes Merrill, Buchanan, Garrison, yeah, whatever. He gets a, a, a and then Saunders, Saunders twice. Uh, <laughs> Reese, the man, the actually the guy that I, I was, I think we were both surprised by. Reese Duck scores uh, late in the second quarter, makes it an eight to five game. Uh, probably had the quietest five points that I've ever seen in this game. Uh, more to your point, with the defense, really stepped up, really had a gate, uh, great uh, game plan. I think this goal in particular is actually the highlight real one that you might see on NLL.com or the Lacrosse Network's top 10. Uh, shot clock was getting down to about two or one, uh, I think one-handed, uh, right past Evan Kirk, who had another phenomenal game today, uh, today, and we'll get into that a little more. But how did they neutralize Reese Dutch so well in this game, Dave? You know, they really put pressure on Reese Dutch. He, he has a cannon, so you've got two two ways you got to shut him down. Last season, when the Stealth came in and the, to the Wells Fargo Center and the Stealth beat the Wings 16-10, they decided they were going to try to take away the inside game from him. Well, Reese Dutch then burned you from the outside. He has a cannon, and he could shoot it from anywhere on the floor. And so you've not only got to be able to shut him down inside, you've got to be able to put pressure on him on the outside as well and take away his shooting lanes. Even the uh, shots he had through traffic were not really good looks. And give credit to the Wings defense for really sealing up all the the areas that Reese Dutch likes to shoot from. And this goal you're talking about at 11.05, I didn't think he had a prayer of getting in and on the net. If you go back and listen to my call, I said, ah, that's going to be a shot clock violation. Well, wait a minute, you know. <laughs> uh, and then it was only until you looked at the replay, because it looked like he was starting to die, just roll it in underhand, the boards, like giving up. And then he said, no, nah, I think I could do this. And he floated in midair. And it wasn't until I saw the replay, he got it in with under a second on the shot clock. Uh, a great goal by Reese Dutch, but yeah, the uh, containment is the password here. When you can hold Reese Dutch to two goals and a couple assists, and you know, and you force the other people on that young team to beat you, then I think you're doing your job. And that's what the Philadelphia Wings here did. They were able to contain Reese Dutch. And, and and to that point, actually, this is the thing I wanted to talk about: Jordan Hall. Jordan Hall has one, two, three, four assists on this quarter alone. He mm-hmm. drew so much attention in this game towards the uh, the second quarter. And I believe at this point, and we forgot to mention, there had been a goalie change. Uh, as yes. uh, Matt Roik steps in to take over, although that doesn't help, and we'll get into that in just a little bit too. Um, but yeah, I, there. I at some point, Jordan Hall drew three defensemen towards him. I think that's a lot of the reason why uh, Pat Saunders had a lot of success uh, in this game as well with those back-to-back goals because so much attention was given and like I said I don't mean to be too hard on the the Vancouver defense but man they were out of position Uh, a lot of loose balls a lot of awkward turnovers that shouldn't just be happening a lot of line drive intercept uh, intercepted passes led a lot to a lot of good wings goals throughout the whole entire second quarter Uh, Pat Saunders gets his hat trick at uh, with one second left I'm going back to the fridge to surprise Dave with the with the cake right 
And and I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, this is they'll get a shot off in it. And all of a sudden, I turn around and I look up on the monitor, and he just zinks one right in there, which ended up being a humongous backbreaker. Over to Thule with three, two. He goes to the crease, dive, save made. Shot clock turned off with one. Saunders shoots and scores! Pat Saunders with .3 seconds on the clock. Fires it in, and the Wings will go into halftime up 10 to 5. Well, I'll say this. You were talking about Jordan Hall, John. And, yeah, Jordan Hall, as everybody in the NLL knows, is having a fantastic year. And what teams, obviously, you know, Vancouver tried this. They keyed in on players like Kevin Crowley and Jordan Hall, who had double teams on them pretty much the whole night. The problem with that strategy is that this year's Wings team, as opposed to maybe last year or the year before that, is that... There's more than one or two big scoring options. I always used to mention last year, you know, the big guns and Crowley, Westerveld, and Rabel. Well, yeah, obviously the names have changed with the exception of Crowley. But you know what? You've got so many players who are doing damage on the offensive front. You know, okay, you're going to shut down Jordan Hall. I'm going to give you Pat Saunders. I'm going to give you Ryan Ward. I'm going to give you Tracy Kaluski. I can give you five players right now who have been consistent offensive threats for the wings. And I'm not just talking about having one hot game. I'm talking about consistently scoring. And that's the problem that opposing teams now are facing this wings offense. You can't just simply shut down Jordan Hall and expect to win. You can't just shut down Kevin Crowley. And yeah, teams are having luck with that this year, but you can't just simply do that. So teams are eventually going to have to come up with a plan maybe of working tighter one-on-one defense rather than working maybe some zones and some uh, double teams you know, in order to contain or at least try to contain this wings offense and give Pat Saunders credit. He comes out of the gate. He comes in for Kevin Ross, who's uh, injured right now. He comes into Minnesota, has a, uh, a hat trick there, and he comes in here to Philadelphia. He gets three goals late in the second quarter. And like you said, that goal at 1459, John, I had to rewatch it today. It's a backbreaker because not only is it you know a five goal deficit in the half but your opponent is in double digits and in the nlo you go into the halftime and your opponent's already in double digits it's already like oh it's like it's like napoleon dynamite you know there's that one scene where he just wants his chapstick and just makes that sound it's just oh. i think that's what vancouver went into the locker room doing and it's a, but give jordan hall credit because Thule shoots the ball it's picked up by hall and he does an amazing flip Half the people on the floor were going back to the benches, and Pat Saunders is left wide open and launches a rocket, and it's 10-5 at the half. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, um, I can't remember if it was – I'm looking at the uh, the stats here. I've got uh, Matt Roik at 7 minutes and fifty uh, seven minutes and 56 seconds worth of goalie time uh, before they make the switch back to Tyler Richardson. I can't remember if that happened in the second quarter. I'm guessing it does because of the huge run that happened. I mean, once that happens and you have that dagger going into halftime, you know, it's just eating cake right as we go into the third quarter. And as we do, uh, my man crush this year is this Garrett Thole, my friend. I mean, if you couldn't produce a more solid, huge guy that can crash the net, that can do all sorts of things, that's willing to risk his body and try and uh, score a goal, uh, the uh, Army has done a fantastic job of, of absolutely creating a monster in my eyes. He scores right away uh, at uh, 53 seconds in with uh, assist from Buchanan and Chad Weedmeyer. Tyler Digby gets a, hey, I'm still in this game goal along with Brett Hinkey. But uh, after that, uh, Garrett Thole gets his second. 
Reese Dutch uh, increases his stat line as he sinks one in uh, eight minutes later after that at 9.47. Pretty quiet third quarter, but, uh, you know, they made it a little, Vancouver makes it a little closer here, 12 to 8. But Dave, I mean, just as we've been talking about this whole time, never felt out of control at any one point in time yeah we had that initial explosion in the third and then the wings almost went into i don't i don't i don't want to say prevent defense because that is such an overused term especially uh you know late in the game uh late in an nfl game when you're just trying to prevent a team from getting back into it that's certainly not what the wings did here but they certainly switched to a more defensive mindset evan kirk was just lights out in the third yeah he, yeah a restouch gets that one uh, late in the third but uh <laughs> the wings defense and Evan Kirk stand strong. And like I mentioned, more physical play uh, bodies flying all over the place. And the wings did an amazing job. 62 loose balls in this one. Uh, yeah, they were out uh, done in the loose balls, but Philly was the ones getting more second and third chance opportunities and rebounds. And honestly, Vancouver didn't have that many possessions in the third quarter. If you go back and look at the tape, it was really Philadelphia controlling the tempo, controlling the pace and Honestly, I've never seen a game that had so many uh, shot clock violations and so many just give up on the ball and just turn it over. I've never, I've, I've never seen a team really do that to the degree that Vancouver did in this game. And by the time they got to the third, yeah, it was twelve eight. But I didn't see. I we were talking going into the fourth quarter, you and me off air, John, yeah. and I said this game's going to go one of two ways. We're either going to see a fight. I really thought there might, you know, be a little scrap here. Vancouver tried to jump themselves up or, you know, Philadelphia is going to continue on the accelerator, but not only did Philadelphia continue on the accelerator, I felt like Vancouver finally got pummeled into submission and really Philly made a statement in the fourth. Absolutely. Jordan Hall ringing his bell uh, on a power play goal. Assist from Ryan Ward and Kyle Buchanan. I love calling his name. Uh, <laughs> Tracy Koluski joins the uh, party there as well. Jordan Hall, Kevin Crowley on the assist and makes it 14 to 8. Uh, Tyler Digby also gets in the action and 14 uh, yeah, 9. I think they pull the goalie uh, with about 221 left in a uh, vast desperation of any chance of climbing back into the game. But Brett Manny. Makes a nice little steal, runs all the way down. Uh, Tyler uh, Richardson almost tries to come on and check him out as the empty net goal is, but as uh, he told you afterwards and after the game, speed kills, yes, my does. friend. And he gets the uh, the cherry on top, making it a 15-9 to victory. Also, Dave, what was uh, it was Brett Manny's first goal since when? Uh, Brett Manny hadn't scored since the 2011 season in a game against Toronto. And it was funny. You, you wonder how, if players hang on to that sort of stat, especially if they're, you know, defensive or players who maybe don't go on the offense a lot. So I w went down to the post-game celebration and went and was talking to Brett. I said, hey, Brett, good game. Congrats on the goal. He said, I said, uh, so that was your first goal since? I just as a pop quiz. He went, Toronto, 2011. Yep, I remember. <laughs> He's like, they took the chains off me. They couldn't hold me back. It was great to see Brett with a good sense of humor about that. And yeah, he mentioned Tyler Richards is coming. He's like, oh, yeah, speed kills. <laughs> <laughs> he had no shot at that. So, yeah, John, the, the Wings just put an exclamation point on it, 15 to 9. And, I mean, we're talking now multiple games this year where the Wings have come out and scored 15 goals or more. I mean, almost scoring-wise, you know, like the old M-I-L-L days in the 80s and 90s. I mean, this is a Wings team that has scored more than the past several years for sure. And 
now they're doing it. Granted, Vancouver's defense, like you said, they're having a very off year. They were able to catch uh, a ty- a tired Tyler Richards, you know, coming yeah. off that that long night the night before against Toronto. Uh, and Matt Roik, well, you know, he's a former wing, former Mammoth, former just about every other team. Matt Roik's been around the league, and he's a capable backup, but certainly he hasn't had a, a good couple of years now. Uh, so you were able to catch Vancouver on an off night. But the Wings have a couple of tests coming up this weekend that we're, we're going to have to talk about here a little yeah. bit later. A couple of upper echelon tests that are for early February, very, very crucial uh, for the Wings moving forward in this 2014 campaign. Yeah, and, yeah, and you know, I'm trying to keep my excitement in check here. It's something we talked about over the summer. Obviously, me and you have talked about it a lot, but this is my first time just telling the Wings faithful here. This is why I think this team is actually better uh, than last year, I think there was a lot of different, obviously a lot of different powerful goal scores that you will see uh, in the upcoming uh, years and uh, all around the NLL, but especially in the in the big dance and the big tournament uh, that's about to go on. And they announced the uh, USA men's lacrosse team. All those guys are great, and I'm not taking any anything away from their talent. But as far as the chemistry of a team, like far, as far as uh, able defensemen, uh, you got to be really thankful. Uh, that you don't have a goalie situation here, Philadelphia Wings fans. I mean, to, to have a guy like uh, Brandon Miller be such a foreground for this team and then Evan Kirk steps right in and basically is carrying that torch as well, I don't think I realize it myself how lucky we are to have such great goaltending. And this is what I want to say to the Wings ownership. And I love and I love you guys. Trust me, the product's great. Everything's awesome. If you can somehow... Get Brandon Miller back on this team. Whatever it is, whatever it takes, I would like to see that. I think that's one of the last missing pieces uh, that's going on here. I know there's uh, stuff going on there. Everybody has things to take care of and and all that stuff, but when it comes down to it, I think this could definitely be a fantastic run if you have two goalies that you, you know, on those back-to-back nights from Rochester or whatever it is, or Buffalo, or things like that, to have two able bodies like that, to shore up a two-win weekend is huge, especially in this division now. I think that's the key moving forward. I've said my piece. I love you. Dave Walls, you're the man. <laughs> I, I was slowly <laughs> stepping back away from the microphone as you were saying that, because I'm like, I don't know where he's going. Where are you with going this? with this, John? <laughs> John, what are you doing to me? Um, you know, yeah, of course, do we want to see Brandon Miller on this team? Of course, because well, he's, also, he's, and I'm he's sorry, hard soul. C- completely out. I'm a total Brandon Miller fanboy. So, oh, yeah. that being said, uh, yes. John, you never forget your first <laughs> goaltender. <laughs> no, Brandon Miller has certainly been the man here in Philadelphia, and we would love to see him in that. And that is not to take away from anything Evan Kirk has been doing, because Evan Kirk has been solidly facing 40-plus shots a night now for uh, every game this season and doing an outstanding job. Uh, one thing to note here, John, is that this weekend, actually, is the Wings' last back-to-back weekend, meaning the last time they have a Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday in the entire season. The scheduling is now going to be a little bit more spread out for the Wings, where they just have one game for weekend for the rest of the 2014 campaign. So that is something that, that is in the Wings' favor, especially if they are going to ride with just Evan Kirk and Don Alton moving forward so that is one thing to look all right forward. all right that's something that's a good nugget there i didn't realize 
yeah. that was going on there. But, but that uh, said, of course, would we still like to see Brandon Miller in a Wings uniform? Of course yes. we would. Because you know what? Brandon and Brandon and Evan were on Six Nations. We all know how well that worked out. They have a man cup. So, I mean, it does work out. But uh, certainly, you know, if uh, we have to ride with Evan for the season, whatever happens there, we hope Brandon's doing well. And uh, we hope Evan uh, continues to carry this Wings uh, defense and this Wings team further into the season. All right, fans, as we turn to the Wings All Access Hotline, had a chance to sit down with Pat Saunders. Uh, Pat, as you recall from the past few weeks, uh, stepped into the left side of the Wings offense when Kevin Ross went down with an injury in the first half of that Minnesota home and home. And Pat's a guy who has been, quite frankly, you know, around for a cup of coffee here and there with a couple of teams, made a brief appearance for the Wings in 2012. But all of a sudden, get him into a 2014 campaign. He comes out with six six goals, four assists, and doing very, very well. Had a chance to sit down with Pat Saunders. It's a Wings All Access exclusive with Pat Saunders. Now calling us on the Wings All Access Hotline is Wings Forward Pat Saunders. Hey, Pat, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to speak with us tonight on Wings All Access. Yeah, no problem. I'm uh, glad to be here and uh, support the fans. Well, thanks, Pat. As uh, you Wings fans know, Pat has been doing well for the Wings since coming in from Kevin Ross, uh, who's out due to injury. Uh, Pat, in his last game, three goals, three assists for the Wings in their win over Vancouver, and so far six goals on the young season for him. Pat, you've been having a lot of success here uh, in the 2014 campaign for Philadelphia. What do you attribute your success to? Um, yeah, you know, we have a great offense there. On the left side, we have Jordan Hall. He has a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge. Um, on the right-hand side coming in this year is Tracy Kletsky, and uh, he knows the game very well. And I think it's just uh, right from day one at training camp, our offense kind of, you know, stepped up and took a big leap on, you know, buying into Coach Millie's systems, and I think that's what's paying off for all of us. Now, Pat, you had just mentioned training camp. You came into camp this year as a free agent, and certainly the Wings had one of the more adventurous, if you will, training camps in the NLL with so many people uh, not returning from last year's roster. As a free agent trying to make this team, what was it like for you in training camp, and what did you expect uh, knowing the situation the Wings were in? Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a totally different offense, yes. Um, at the start of the year, I had no clue coming into training camp who was going to be here and who wasn't. Um, it's uh, one of those things that I just took it as, you know, uh, I'm just going to come, work hard, and try and get a spot on the team and then go from there. Um, I think the offense side of things uh we've really you know developed on uh guys playing their roles and you know for me it's uh picking and rolling and doing some gritty work and uh letting the guys with uh you know high hands uh shoot the ball now Pat, you're actually uh, in your fifth year here in the national lacrosse league you're drafted at the 2008 entry draft by the chicago shamrocks and we've seen you suit up uh, briefly for Rochester, Minnesota, and in 2012 even suited up for a game of Philadelphia where he had a goal and assist. But certainly you're having uh, statistically uh, your best year here in the National Lacrosse League. You mentioned playing with your teammates here in Philadelphia has been a big help. What have you done personally that's helped you develop into the player you've become now? Um, you know, I came into the league uh, pretty young. I think I was uh, 18 or 19 years old. So, uh, you know, I wasn't fully mature uh, physically, and I think uh, over the last few years I've learned uh, how to use my size, and, uh, you know, obviously being 24 years old now, I've had a lot more experience in the senior uh, loop in Canada, so that's really helped me playing with some 
end of the season, I felt, uh, you know, I kind of had an advantage in, uh, you know, playing against those guys. So that was the biggest thing for me. Talking with Wings forward Pat Saunders. Wings have a doubleheader this weekend, traveling to Toronto on Friday night to the ACC, and then returning home to the Wells Fargo Center for Jake Berge's jersey retirement. That game is 7.30 p.m. at the Wells Fargo Center. Get your tickets at wingslax.com. We'll also have the broadcast for you live on the Lacrosse Network. Pat, last question for you. As we mentioned, uh, you got a big doubleheader weekend coming up, not only going up to face uh, your old team, the Toronto Rock, but coming back down to the Wells Fargo Center and facing off against Edmonton. What do you see moving forward in this weekend? Um, I think it's going to be a big test for our team. You know, Toronto is uh, still a very uh, veteran team there. they got a lot of young guys in the lineup, but uh, they're going to be a tough one on Friday night, and it's a must-win because that's uh, in our division. If we want to make the playoffs, we got to, you know, at least uh, beat Toronto twice, Buffalo twice, uh, so we can stay ahead of them in tiebreakers. Um, you know, coming back against Edmonton, Edmonton's going to be fresh. Um, I think our team, you know, as we played in Minnesota on the doubleheader, we uh, really come back strong, and I think it's just, you know, us being together and playing together brings our team, you know, that much closer. So I think uh, this weekend's going to be a real good test for us. Um, and, you know, a couple guys are going to be in the lineup and a couple guys will be out. And uh, this is going to be, you know, a big part of our season is this weekend. All right, Pat, thanks so much. Appreciate you stopping in to talk to us here at Wings All Access. And, yeah, it was good to learn more about him, John. Uh, as you just mentioned, you know, he was someone who was drafted back in 2008 by the then uh, Chicago Shamrocks, the then expansion franchise in the NLL, and has uh, kind of made his way around the league. But it was interesting to hear him talk about being drafted so young, and certainly now he's built up that physical side to him. And I think – now that he has a chance to play multiple games with a team, something he hasn't happened hasn't had the opportunity to do yet here in the NLL, where I think we should see uh, expect to see uh, some more good things to come out of young Pat Saunders. We appreciate you taking the time to stop with us here. All right, time for the fix, everybody. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Let's go ahead and take a look down the schedule here as we've got ooh, one, two, three, four, five big ways to win big this weekend. Uh, Wings and the Rock actually start off on Friday, and they've also got a Saturday matchup against the Rush. We will save those picks for last. So we start this one 7.30 p.m. at the Blue, Cl- blah, 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 Blue Cross Arena. Let me take that one again. <laughs> 7.30 p.m. Blue Cross Arena. It's the Rochester Nighthawks hosting the Buffalo Bandits. Uh, I will start this one off first. John, you can take the next pick. And you know what? Rochester is, you know, they've got their loss now. Blue Cross Arena is a place that teams have a tough time playing. But I think this Buffalo team is primed up right now. And I will take the Bandits on the road. It's a hot rivalry. I'll say the Bandits will steal this one by a score of 12 to 10. 12 to 10. I like that. Coming out of the gate firing, baby. There you go. I like it. If I, if I were to set my uh, cheese it line, I would put the uh, Rochester Nighthawks at plus two cheese its or minus two cheese its for this game, actually. I'm, I'm setting the line at minus two, uh, and with or without, I actually think I'm with you, and this is my game of the week, guys. I think this is going to be a phenomenal down-to-the-wire type of game. I'm going with the home team, though. Line them up, Dave. I got the Rochester Nighthawks taking this one 
10 to 9 and all either a like very close at the end fourth quarter or obviously in overtime so I'm taking that, my friend. Put it down. You know, Rochester is not a team that gets blown out. So a 10-9 score sounds perfectly plausible. I just like the fact we're going to war so early in the fix. It makes <laughs> me happy. All right. So we go. We differ on that one. I take the Bandits. John takes the Cahawks. We move to some later games. Uh, Central time zone. We go 8 o'clock Eastern time. It is the Calgary Roughnecks and the Minnesota Swarm. Interesting game here, John. Both teams a little bit off their game and uh, already a crucial battle between these two. John, take this one, the Roughnecks and the Swarm. Well, you know, I mean, uh, with the exception of Minnesota's win against us, uh, I, I, I have a hard time picking them at home. I, my grandma always told me, never pick the home dog, but I'm going to have to do it right now. And uh, I, I'm going to go with the Calgary in a pretty pretty good uh whooping i'm gonna go with the 12 to 8 score calgary over minnesota 12 8 calgary says john and john i gotta agree with you on this one minnesota has not found their rhythm offensively and yeah calgary has struggled as well we all know about uh the struggles that curtis dixon has had about sean evans only with six goals so far on the season uh he does have 22 assists but certainly you're looking for him to put the ball in the net I think this is the game that Calgary breaks out offensively. Uh, I say Minnesota will finally get the double digits. I say they'll get a little bit of their mojo back, but I don't think it'll be enough. I think this is one is going to be a 13 to 10 Calgary win. So yeah, I think we're I think we're both around the same mindset here. I think yeah. Calgary breaks out. I say the Swarm get a little bit of their mojo back because they're just too talented, you know, to lose the whole season. But yeah, this is one they they're not going to be able to win. Uh, moving out, Western Division, 10 o'clock. Oh, this is a good one. These two, seemingly, they've already played each other. How many times now? But, we, you know, John Grant Jr. has done bounce shots, you know, uh, between his legs and into goals and all over the place. It's the Mammoth going up to the Langley Event Center. Our friends Jake Elliott, Brad Challenger calling that one the face, the Vancouver Stealth. Mammoth and the Stealth, ooh, you know, obviously Vancouver didn't impress either you or me. I think the real key here is Vancouver's defense. Uh, we all know Vancouver's defense has not been able to stop any, but even when they've won this season, it's been ugly. And for that reason alone, there's just too many pieces now. I mean, Minnesota's already beaten, excuse me, uh, Colorado has already beaten this Vancouver team without Casey Powell. And even with Ethan Iannucci, who did little in that last game against them, I mean, that without those two pieces, they were still able to beat Vancouver. And the way the Stealth are playing right now, I'm sorry. I got to take the Mammoth in this one again. Apparently, I'm riding them till the end of the season, but I got to do it. I'm going to say the Mammoth take this one probably uh, pretty convincingly, actually. I'm going to say like 13 to 9. I am uh, lining up my Jesus, Dave Walls. I am. I, 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 I got to go week to week here. Got to go week to week. And I don't want to get sucked in because they had a back to back. Uh, rough games over the weekend. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, as I'm saying this, I almost want to change. Yeah, it. you're fighting yourself on this one. Uh, it's a man, oh man. The time zone's not really an issue. The, the, the They're not really coming off anything else. All right, no, I'm sticking with it. I'm going to say Vancouver in a squeaker. 
1312. Do you smell what I smell? It's fresh baked <laughs> Jesus coming my way, baby. Oh, yeah. You know what, though? If, if Vancouver ends up winning this one, you know, Colorado will be treating me like a bad girlfriend that I'm going back to. I get burned. I come back. I come, I get burned. I come back. Just, oh, God, why do I keep doing that? Listen, we don't call him Davy Mush for no reason. All right. Let's remember that. <laughs> hey, I didn't get to 80 years old without a little bit of heartbreak in my life. According to my birthday cake, anyway. Right. So, all right, so we'll differ on that one. I take the mammoth. Johnny takes the stealth. All right, and we now let's get back to the Wings game. The Wings with their final doubleheader on the season, John. Uh, let's go ahead and go up to the ACC Friday night. Prime time. Going to be able to see that one, I believe, on ESPN3. It is your Philadelphia Wings to take on the Toronto Rock. Johnny, take it home on this one. It's the Wings at the Rock. I have full faith in this Wings team however not on this Friday night I believe believe that uh, Toronto edges them out Uh, I think it's a really good game I think there's some struggles somewhere around the third quarter I think that's when the Wings take a little bit of a dip they try and come back but it's going to be too late by then and they lose uh, this one 12 to 10 in Toronto how dare you (laughs) how how dare you no I'm kidding first time back on the show look what I'm doing yeah, look, look at you. Look at you. No, that's okay. So, John takes Toronto. What did you say? 12-10 on that one, 12-10, John? 12-10, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I am the unbiased one of us. You know, John, you know, usually goes for the homer picks. And you know what? Since he has dropped the mantle, I've got to pick up the flag and i got to run around with it, baby. <laughs> oh, you dirty son you know, one. So, one of two things has to happen here. The Wings traditionally don't play very well in the Air Canada Center. Yes, I know they won their 2001 championship in the Air Canada Center, and I know all that. But historically, the Wings don't play well at the Air Canada Center. But here's the thing. Philadelphia has won their last three at the Air Canada Center. So that streak is actually in favor of the Wings right now. And while Toronto does have both their wins at home, they're, they haven't won a game on the road, and I think Philadelphia is going to put a barrage on them like they haven't seen yet this season. We've already seen Toronto uh, not really been able to handle Buffalo. I think Philadelphia's offense is more high-powered than Buffalo's offense, and I think Philadelphia, to win this one, is going to have to put up the point totals that we know they're capable of, and I say the Wings put this one up 14-12. to 12. They're going to take it to them, they're going to shell Nick Rose. They're going to put Zach Boychuck in by the third quarter. Oh, now I'm, now I'm speculating. I'm not putting any additional prop bets on top. No, 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 no. Not doing that. But I will say the Wings take this one 14 to 12. So they will hopefully be defeating the Rock. Moving down to Saturday night It is a 7.30 start time. We will have the call for you live on the Lacrosse Network. The Edmonton Rush, the undefeated Edmonton Rush at your Philadelphia Wings. Okay, fans, so I will take the lead on this last one. And I've already said that Philadelphia is going to be able to take it to the road and defeat the Toronto Rock. This is going to be a very tough game against Edmonton. I think this is the litmus test on where this Wings team stands right now. I want to call a sweep. I think the Wings are going to battle extremely hard in this one. I think they're going to fall a goal short. I'm going to say it's going to be, I think it's going to be about a 12 to 11 loss here. I'm rooting for it. They have the ability to do this. And I'll talk more about that after John makes his pick. But I got a one goal loss in this one. I think Edmonton is running hot right now. 12 to 11 rush. What do you say? You suck everybody in and then you flip it on it, Dave. Breaking my heart here. I know. I'm sorry. Guess what, man? We are, we, somebody's going to be, 
a rich son of a gun with Cheez-Its this week. Somebody's going to get rich because, my friends, it's time. It's called the bakery, baby. <laughs> it is time for the Edmonton rush streak to finally end, and it's going to end in the beautiful, glorious Wells Fargo Center Saturday night at 7.30, somewhere around 10.30. I'm keeping my strength <laughs> going for this train, but, baby, they're going to pull it out, and they're going to win a 10-8 to 8 ball game, my friends. Book it. 10-8. Ten eight, John John Barcher sounded like John Facenda in the depths yeah. of the Wells Fargo. Like, I knew that's what you were going like for. Him, so I'm going to continue <laughs> this rhythm. Yeah, a little bit of him and a little bit of Mel Kiper all stuck into one there. I think that's what well, happened. Mel Kiper with better hair, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> with your own hair, that's another good story. You know what, John? This is a wing team that has the ability to end this streak. You know, the last time these two teams played in the Wells Fargo Center, it was a 16-15 to 15 matchup, and Aaron Bold arguably was having a better season to that point. That was in mid-March than he is now. So Philadelphia, and that and that was with a Philadelphia team that didn't even have as much offensive firepower as this one. The Wings are going to have to play like they did against Vancouver, and I certainly they don't have to put up 15 to win this game, but they have to be able to take consistently create scoring opportunities. They're going to have to break down this defense. This is a defense that has stood strong so far against some of the best teams in the NLL, like the Rochesters, like the Colorados, like the teams that are playing hot right now, and they have turned them all away. And if Evan Kirk has the type of game I think we hope he has, I, I agree with you. This is one that if I lose, I'm okay with losing. But I think this is a, uh, this is going to be a highlight game and certainly a litmus test for the wing season. Real quick before we wrap this one up, John. So we've got five games that we just picked. Let's move to the power pick. Your option, sir. Would you like a power pick to double down your Cheez-Its on any five of these games? Or oh yeah, no, I'm gonna like? go. I'm gonna go right with the obvious one. I'm gonna put it on Calgary. For the family oh, yeah? size cheese at bed of the week. Yeah. All right. And what was your score on that one? Uh, Twelve to eight. Calgary. To eight Calgary. All right. Yeah. I don't necessarily disagree with you on that one. Uh, I am looking over my picks right now. Uh, I would actually probably take the Calgary one as well, but I don't like us taking the same one. <laughs> I, I, I like a little action if I'm going to double down here. And you know what? Uh, I will double down on the wings against the rock. Uh, the wings against the right. I say the wings. I'm confident wow. that the wings will be able to go up to the ACC. That's putting my you know what's out there. And uh, <laughs> there you go. You want to talk about some family sized Cheez-Its? Yeah, there you go. I put <laughs> I put them on the line. If I win, I get uh, two points for that one. And the way this is going, I'm either just going to have to take a second job overnight baking Cheez-Its, or <laughs> we might actually be even, but I can't wait to find out what's going to happen. Well, that does it for this episode of Wings All Access. Hey, big thank you to Pat Saunders for calling into the hotline, and uh, thanks also to Brian McIntyre at the Wings office for arranging that as well. We want you to hear what your picks are. Follow us on Twitter at Wings All Access. Use the hashtag Cheez-Its, and also follow us on Twitter for myself, Dave Walls, and for John. And actually, my friend, I have to send a quick shout-out. Uh, uh, to the lacrosse network uh, for building up and using my voice for uh, the road to the Rockies, which is a documentary about all of uh, the U S men's lacrosse national team and the process that they go through. They're announcing that probably by the time that you hear this, but it's such a good, well put together documentary series. Highly recommend it. YouTube.com slash TLN. All the videos are on there. It is very, very, very cool. And we hope more stuff like that comes out. Hopefully they'll do it for the NLL again. And uh, uh, and just another big shout-out to Colin and Samir and uh, Julian for putting that all together. 
Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I, I'm I'm sorry I didn't mention this earlier. Yeah, I was watching uh, some of that earlier today, and John Barcher uh, lending his uh, sexy dulcet tones to that. And uh, no, really great job, John, and uh, great job to everyone at the at TLN, and uh, definitely give that one a follow because you know a lot of your former wings and some of the current ones like Garrett Thule are out there trying to make it onto that U.S. Men's National Team. So certainly uh, give that one uh, a watch as well. That's YouTube.com/tln. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Dave Walls. He's at John. Bartard. That does it for us here at Wings All Access. For everyone at the NLL, my name is Dave Wall saying thanks so much. Enjoy the games this weekend. The Wings in the Rush, they're going to be at the Wells Fargo Center this Saturday night. Jake Berge's jersey retirement. Come on out. Show that man the respect and let's break the Edmonton Rush winning streak. We'll see you Saturday night at the Wells Fargo Center and online on the Lacrosse Network. So long, everybody. Hey.